0: Take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. The wordplay of the day. What do I think ghosts and presence have in common? Answer. I can think about whether or not ghosts are real. But looking back, I can realize what I didn't say before. The environment is in the air. But I don't see a reflection. I can still learn from the previous scare in the present day. Like the environment, ghosts can impact the way I feel. But sometimes they also reveal skeletons in my closet or in the wind. Thought of today comes from English novelist and social critic, Charles Dickens. He wrote one of the greatest stories in literary history. A Christmas Carol was published in 1843 and still remains popular today. An idea, like a ghost, must be spoken before it can explain itself. Hello friends and welcome back. To the Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, the Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I also offer up personal advice to help parents, kids, and anyone else who wants to learn about my interpretation of disability engagement. I was born with spastic cerebral palsy in the nineteen seventies. It is a movement disorder that moderately impacted my balance and coordination. The stiffness of my muscles primarily impacted my legs and secondarily impacted my arms and hands more mildly. I grew up in competitive schools where I was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 1980s. Because I was the only kid with a physical disability in school, I couldn't always understand or articulate my needs or concerns. I had to figure out a way to survive and thrive in an atmosphere that was full of physical, environmental, and even existential challenges. One of my earliest thoughts in school was how to use my cerebral against the palsy, like an oxymoron. Over the years, I have used many literary devices to literally and figuratively handle tricky and troublesome ironic situations. I didn't have access to reasonable accommodation until I was in college in New York in 1991. Reasonable accommodation was difficult to ask for because I was the only person in school and in my family that had a physical disability. I tried many times to figure out solutions in real time and how not to cause a problem or be an inconvenience to people. More succinctly, I tried to fit in And not stand out. Growing up the best I could do was to show up or do things and not to be viewed as a problem or a vulnerability. It became part of my responsibility to try to teach and show people what I could do. Pushing back against resistance from other people was limited because I couldn't risk getting into trouble at home or at school. I was already enough of a problem trying to fit into or be part of the mainstream. Physical intimidation was a big issue for me because I couldn't fight back. According to my parents, my disability was my problem to solve. But I always believed that my disability was bigger than me. My family never really did get involved in any disability or the related activities to become part of the disability community. I did not have access to reasonable accommodation. The accommodations that I did get had to be understandable to other people. Social-emotional learning didn't even exist as a concept with self-management, social management, self-direction, and responsible decision-making. As a result, I used enriched environment examples to increase my own social-emotional learning. Preface Today I will be talking about reframing and going through some of the key concepts and experiences in the 1970s and 1980s. I will go from episode 38 about neural plasticity and the Bionic Man to episode 86 about the Christmas movie It's a Wonderful Life. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I will think back and reflect forward on those previous 49 episodes this year. Thank you for joining me today. Now Let's both take hold and engage. According to Psychology Today, reframing helps people use whatever life hands them as opportunities to take advantage of or learn from experiences. Reframing helps to revisit previous experiences instead of avoiding them. Reframing requires seeing something in in a new way of recognizing and appreciating the positive aspects of a situation. Reframing does not deny that challenges are difficult. One of the benefits of reframing can be to have more optimism and more hopefulness and attitudes can become more optimistic. The theme for this past January was rehabilitation. Neuroplasticity has been broadly defined as the brain's ability to adapt or change according to the environment. As of 2001, there was no unified theory on neuroplasticity. In recent years, with the evolving understanding of social-emotional learning, There is now a distinction between the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Psychologist Carol Dweck from Stanford University was the first researcher to explore the idea of the fixed and growth mindsets. The growth mindset understands five key differences to move forward in a positive way. Number one understand and review all feedback. Number two, analyze failure and mistakes as opportunities for growth. Number three, remain open to learning and development as a lifelong process. Number four, examine personal and professional vulnerabilities. And number five, welcome change as a chance for ongoing improvement. In that episode, I talked about TV's Bionic Man from the 1970s and how the character was rebuilt. Even though I had difficulty moving my body because of my disability, I tried to make my mind more flexible and open to change to rebuild my mind and myself. In episode 39, I talked about neural rehabilitation and how the nervous system responds to inside motivations and outside stimulations. Skill development activities are often associated with meaningful activities and daily living tasks. Resilience is the practice of developing coping techniques. This includes Balancing negative and positive emotions. Creating rehabilitative settings is also important to identifying and helping someone build resilience. The resilience factors include number one, the ability to make realistic plans, number two, positive self concept and confidence, number three, communication and problem solving skills. Number four, the ability to manage strong impulses and feelings. And number five, the ability to maintain levels of care and support along with the positive self-image. Later in the episode, I talked about the TV movie, The Bionic Showdown, and compiling and interpreting information directly by interfacing with my crutches. My crutches started out as a way for my upper body to support my lower body. But eventually, over time, in the span of weeks, months, years, and decades, my crutches became more of an automatic, interdependent system. My crutches became part of me, and an extension of me. In episode 40, I talked about the importance of learning resilience. The process included individual interactions to adapt, promote well being, and protect against risk factors. In that episode's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I talked about the Incredible Hulk and Luferino. Luferino was bullied as a kid. He channeled his energy and frustration into bodybuilding. As a kid, I grew up watching TV's The Incredible Hulk and identified with the opening montage or title sequence. I was looking for a way to tap into the strengths that all humans had. I used my crutches as a tool that harnessed that power. In episode 41, I talked more about the Incredible Hulk and how I used my crutches to develop myself physically. I turned the PT of physical therapy into personal training. Because I walked with my crutches every day, my arms and shoulders became overdeveloped. My increased upper body strength helped to compensate for the lack of coordination in my legs. I started to learn how to push myself beyond my limits using my own body as a resistance tool. In that episode's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I talked about seeing the 1989 TV movie, Trial of the Incredible Hulk. The character of Matt Murdock was a lawyer whose alter ego was daredevil. Even though he was blind he learned how to push himself beyond his limits. For the month of February I talked about relationships. In episode 42 I talked about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe cartoon. I talked about how I developed a relationship with my crutches. I also talked about the oxymoron of successful failure and learning to find small successes inside the bigger objectives. In episode 43, I talked about the 13 traits of friendship and finding common points of interest to develop friendships. I talked about growing up with the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends cartoon. In episode 44, I talked about the collaboration between my mind and my body. I also talked about the G.I. Joe cartoon and getting help from a rotating roster of classmates to help me with scaling or going up and down stairs. In episode 45, I talked about Dale Carnegie and some tips on how to win friends and influence people. A couple of his suggestions included offering help and becoming interested in collaborating on projects. In that episode's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I talked about the cartoon Super Friends and how they had to work together to defeat Dr. Frankenstein. I then talked about how to develop a powerful group of friends and how to collaborate with individual friends on multiple projects. Working on multiple projects often turns friends into super friends. In March, I talked about different aspects of music and therapy. For episode 36, I talked about music therapy. I also talked about using the song Sweet Dreams from the band The Eurythmics. I talked about holding my head up and keeping my head up while I walked with my crutches and my Sony Walkman. In episode 47, I talked about dance therapy. I talked about the safety dance song, by the British band Men Without Hats from 1983. I also wrote a short dance poem. In episode 48, I talked about movement and dance therapy. I talked about the Richie Valens song La Bamba from the 1950s. I also talked about the 1987 movie starring Lou Diamond Phillips. In addition I talked about Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month and I wrote a new dance poem. In episode 49 I talked about movement therapy and I talked about the Bill Withers song Lean On Me that later became a movie starring Morgan Freeman I also wrote a short poem about dancing and leaning. For the month of April, I talked about poetic therapy and the use of catharsis. In the poems for episode 50, I talked about needles and the needle of acceptance that I had to thread through. In episode 51, I talked more about poetic therapy. I read two poems about emotional rage. One was about internal rage and the other poem was about externally purging rage. In episode 52, I talked more about catharsis. I shared poems about disability ignorance and finding courage. In episode 53, I talked about comic book catharsis and I talked about Superman based poetry involving complex choices and disabilities for the month of May I talked about mental health issues and disabilities in episode 54 I talked about nine mental health mantras I also talked about sticks and stones and the mental bone. In episode 55, I talked about conformity, the HALT acronym, and the power statements that I learned from Virginia Commonwealth University. In episode 56, I talked about the different types of loneliness. I also mentioned the four aspects of disability decision-making. The first component is speed. The second component is the number of distractions or things that are being handled at once. The third component was abstraction or things being beyond comprehension. And the fourth was complexities or the interconnectedness. The fourth component was complexities or the interconnectedness of different circumstances in a situation. All of these components impacted how someone with a disability processed a situation. In episode 57 I talked about the World Health Organization and the definition of mental health and the disability mindset. I also talked about the history of ableism Eugenics and being feeble-minded. For me, the disability mindset existed in other people's minds. Ableism was discrimination in favor of able-bodied people. Eugenics was the belief that people with disabilities are broken, sick, or undesirable. Many times there were expectations of me and what I could do that were lower than they expected. I also was expected to perform and conform to able-bodied standards. In addition, I talked about my English teacher in grammar school. Mrs. Murphy had a son with other disabilities. She understood more than any other teacher because of her personal experience some of the issues and attitudes that I had to deal with. In episode 58, I talked about the differences between obedience and conformity. I became the target for both from teachers and able-bodied peers. I tried to stand up to a teacher who was a religious nun. She unjustly punished me something that happened when I wasn't even in the room. The need for order and authority superseded my protests and objections. They were viewed as me rebelling against the establishment rather than being the advocate that I was trying to be. For the month of June I talked about adolescent issues in high school. In episode 59 I talked about being disoriented and trying to fit my disability into the larger world. I had trouble finding my own identity and independence which often made other people uncomfortable. In that episode's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I talked about some of the internal and external pressures of taking the high school entrance exam. I again mentioned the four components of disability decision making, which included Speed, number of distractions, abstractions, and complexities. In episode 60, I talked about adolescence and identity. I was included and excluded in sports in high school. I also talked about Bo Jackson and other sports figures in the 1980s there was a clip of Bo Jackson walking up the outfield fence like Spider-Man. In episode 61, I talked about puberty and adolescence. I talked about how puberty gets confused with sex and how the bigger issue of safety and security is more important. People with disabilities are more vulnerable to assault, intimidation, and abuse because of the relationship because relationships can be confusing and then become potentially dangerous. Setting the right boundaries or healthy boundaries is essential. I also talked about fantasizing and masturbation with El McPherson and the nineteen ninety sports illustrated swimsuit issue. In episode sixty two I talked about Identity, and the character of Don Quixote. I also talked about adolescence and identity challenges. In that episode's Rite of Passage Experiences, or Rope, I used a clip of Don Quixote singing about the impossible dream. I also talked about my high school Spanish teacher who had an identity crisis of his own around the Bay of Pigs in the 1960s. For the month of July, I talked about issues around freedom and independence. In episode 63, I talked about the Declaration of Independence and the irony of not being allowed to go on a class trip in third grade to the Statue of Liberty. In episode 64, I talked about the Primitive Brain, It is also known as the Reptilian Brain. I also talked about V, the TV miniseries, and how the show introduced the concept of reptilian aliens. In episode 65, I talked about the process of improv with the concept of yes and. Then I talked about campy word plays in the episodes Right of Passage Experiences or Rope. We did a wordplay in the 1980s spoofing James Bond at a summer camp. One of the characters in the play was actually named Mora Less. I also changed the format of the joke of the day to wordplay of the day. In episode 66 I talked about the fight or flight and freeze response. I also talked about how difficult it was to assert my boundaries and set my independence because I was afraid of alienating people. I was afraid I would need help from the same people later on. For the month of August, I talked about college transition issues. In episode 67, I talked about the castle model of social-emotional learning. It uses self-awareness and self-management skills in collaboration with self-awareness and relationship skills to improve responsible decision-making. Marist College was sometimes easier for me because of a lot of physical and academic support systems that were established and the services were more easily attainable. I also talked about speaking up in the public speaking class about my crutches. In episode 68, I talked about an article from the college board about roommates and boundaries. I also talked about resetting some personal boundaries. In addition, I talked about how a safe sex college lecture Became more about building trust and boundaries. With episode 69. I talked about the zone of proximal development. And the importance of social interactions. I also talked about resident life training. And how it helped me take me out of my comfort zone. By taking a leadership role, I was able to pass on my college experience and assist other residents as they made their adjustment to college. In episode 70, I talked more about the zone of proximal development. I also talked about my student involvement with a pregnancy shelter and my experience as a news intern at a local radio station. Both experiences improved my self and social awareness. It helped me correct some conservative religious assumptions about both pregnancy and AIDS. For the month of September, I talked about situational awareness. Situational awareness was also known as being aware of risks in your environment. With episode 71, I used the SLAM or stop, look, analyze, and manage method. In addition, I talked about defensive walking and some dangerous falls that I had. In episode 72, I talked about the importance of focus. I also talked about how I became so absorbed by focusing that I couldn't, that I didn't have the ability to speak. This was because the basic need of safety preoccupied my thoughts. I also made comparisons to my brain power with the computer's random access memory. I knew about everything that was going on but sometimes I couldn't articulate or respond because my capacity was maxed out. In episode 73 I talked about balance building exercises like horseback riding and swimming. My crutches helped me figure out different balance points as my arms and hands later became important sensors in my environment. I really didn't like an adaptive bicycle because I could exercise, but it didn't give me the freedom of motion That I wanted. The same thing happened with horseback riding. In episode 74. I talked about the importance of balance. And the three dimensions of. Social capital. I also talked about. Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. And his unusual training methods. Mr. Miyagi used eccentric chores to teach lessons as Mr. Miyagi said lesson not for karate only lesson for whole life he also said balance is key balance good karate good balance bad better pack up go home For the month of October I talked about disability awareness and different experiences I had with my first job at a movie theater in 1989. In episode 75 I talked about disability awareness and onboarding. Then I talked about interviewing with a supermarket and at McDonald's before I landed a job with the United Artists Movie Theater. My knowledge of TV and movies came in handy to handle different situations. In episode 76, I talked about reasonable accommodations that I received at my job as a movie theater usher. I also talked about the movie Rain Man and watched some important scenes of Raymond Babbitt and his autistic characteristics. I also remembered the phone book situation and the toothpicks that dropped on the floor. Both the phone book instance and the toothpick situation happened at the restaurant. It exhibited Raymond Babbitt's savant qualities. In episode 77, I talked about the medical definition of occupational therapy and being able to adapt. The therapeutic definition of occupational therapy involved finding out what was important to the occupational therapy recipient and making the recipient part of the decision process. In the rite of passage experiences or rope before that episode, I talked about the occupational therapy I received in elementary school and how it involved daily living and independence tasks. Then I talked about the 1989 movie My Left Foot, which illustrated the struggles of Christy Brown. I also included the Irish National Disability Authority and some irish legislation in episode 78 i talked about disability inclusion and the employer assistance resource network i also grappled with collecting donations for the will rogers institute the meaning of the word handicapped originated from people with disabilities and when they begged for money I also talked about the 1989 movie see no evil hear no evil with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder I also talked about how the movie could be used to inform and improve disability awareness and disability inclusion because the movie used many negative stereotypes for comedy For the month of November, I talked about family issues. In episode 79, I talked about the different levels of family and the connection between family members. I also talked about watching General Hospital with my Polish grandmother and watching Days of Our Lives with my German grandmother. In addition, I talked about how my life was sometimes a soap opera because of the different questions and curiosities I received. With episode 80 I talked about building family bonds by playing card games. Games reinforced rules and taught social turn-taking. Because my German grandmother had dementia other family members supported her to make sure She made safe and correct decisions. In episode 81, I talked about gallows humor and finding humor in crisis. Shared difficult experiences helped people find resilience. People with different characteristics found strength in insults. The insults sometimes became rallying cries in the disability community. In episode 82, I talked about the family equilibrium. My disability sometimes caused a direct threat to my family because I didn't think or move fast enough or like I was expected to. Handwriting and physical therapy were hard situations for me to negotiate and articulate because of the unreasonable demands put upon me. Sometimes my family wanted me to pretend that I didn't have a disability in spite of my diagnosis or my crutches. My family never really helped me fight for reasonable accommodations. I usually lost the fight in my family because I was simply outnumbered or in the minority, I was expected to keep up or obey or conform with the risk of getting in trouble. A fall was sometimes seen as inconvenient or lazy, but my family oftentimes didn't have the patience to truly understand the multitude of issues I was dealing with. If I had the ability to negotiate or articulate my needs, the situation became more difficult for my family. In December, in the December episodes, I talked about Christmas, the Christmas spirit, and changes of heart. In episode 83, I talked about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the song. I also talked about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as an inclusion story. In addition, I wrote a new poem reinterpreting Rudolph's re-inclusion. I also created a new word, guffawning. In episode 84, I talked about the O. Henry short story, The Gift of the Magi. And then I talked about The Sesame Street version when Bert and Ernie gave up their prized possessions to get gifts for each other. I also talked about getting simple gifts like socks and garbage bags as being one of my favorite Christmas memories. In episode 85 I talked about Dr. Seuss and the Grinch that stole Christmas. The rhythmic style of the 1966 Grinch cartoon really made an impression on me. And Dr. Seuss used literary meter with an incredible rhyme and reasoning. I also wrote a new poem called The Grinch Inferred. In episode 86, I talked about George Bailey and the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. At the beginning of the movie, the angels talk about how George Belly had lost hope. He confused monetary value with the value of his life. The movie literally replayed George Bailey's life. It is my favorite movie of all time because the movie illustrated the key turning points of George Bailey's life. He saved his brother Harry's life. As a result, Harry saved people during World War II. He became a war hero. George Bailey also saved Mr. Gower, the pharmacist after Mr. Gower almost poisoned someone. George Bailey sacrificed himself to give his family and his friends a better life through the Bailey building and loan. Later, the angel Clarence reframed George Bailey's life by letting him see how his life impacted countless other people. After the existential crisis and cumulative differences, George Bailey understood the true valuable significance of his life. George originally thought the seemingly mundane experiences meant very little. But the cumulative experiences eventually added up with profound impacts. Because of the reframing experience, George viscerally went through. His mindset changed from a fixed, troublesome mindset to an appreciative growth mindset his circumstances didn't change but his gratitude did I still laugh every time I think about George happily with oxymoronic luck he talked about his mouth bleeding and a second chance to get arrested his mouth bleeding meant his original purpose in life was again restored. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or Rope, I am thinking back on the podcast year of 2021. I deeply appreciate my podcast listeners and going on the journey back in time. Having crutches or cerebral palsy was never really easy. But I did gain insight into my cerebral palsy. I used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. And I found many ironic situations or difficult circumstances that I could not change. There were not only barriers but layers of barriers and roadblocks that made it difficult for me to succeed. But success was never really my goal I have been moderately successful and sometimes mildly successful depending on my perspective and depending on my family's perspective my ultimate goal was to achieve independence by using a 6T formula of think trust tool try test and train While the enriched environments were helpful, there were also significant misunderstandings and missing support systems that made my life more difficult. In January, I used pop culture examples and TV examples of the Bionic Man and the Incredible Hulk. While they weren't pure disability examples, The fantasies allowed me to expand my imagination. In February, I used He-Man's sword and transferred the power to my crutches. In many episodes, I gave you personal information so you could know more about me and my disability. To reframe G.I. Joe, now you know and knowing is half the battle. I gave you information about my marvelous, amazing friends and the proximity of my DC super friends. I gave tips from Dale Carnegie. I shared music therapy, dance therapy, and poetic therapy. I opened up about my struggles with mental health loneliness, obedience, and conformity. I shared psychological tools, tactics, strategies that gave you a through line or rope into some of my missing pieces of my rite of passage experiences. Doing the podcast with 49 previous episodes has allowed me to represent my experiences and represent my experiences by looking back and reflecting forward at the many moments that I was tested and failed. But I learned to accept and grow forward, hoping that the presence I had back in the 1970s and 1980s could be re-gifted to future generations with collaboration and social-emotional learning. Be sure to take the time to remember and reframe with intentional self-management and social management in order to improve self-direction and responsible decision-making. Happy New Year. I invite you to come back to new episodes in 2022. Thank you for listening to the extensive recap. Were there one or two things that you heard in this episode that you could lean into? There are more episode resources in the show notes. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at the podcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments or ideas for the show. And remember it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, Take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast.